First airing a little over 20 years ago, this media property has been part of global households twice a year, every year since its inception. The grandfather of reality television, the world's greatest social experiment, and the vehicle through which we were introduced to the phrase the tribe has spoken. This week on Slice of Survivor, we're talking with one of the core editors, Ivan Ladozinski. Welcome to Slice of Survivor, an awesome Survivor podcast. I'm your host, Will Lentz, Survivor-obsessed enthusiast and real-life John Cochran. And I am your co-host, Kelly Washington, occasional Survivor watcher and real-life lover of rice. Okay, sure. (laughs) I was was thinking Kelly Wentworth, uh, who is someone that you look kind of like in the fact that you're both blonde, Um, but... Lover of rice is also a great thing because that's a thing that they eat a lot of on Survivor. On Survivor. So this is kind of fun to be on this side of it. I'm all giddy because you're getting, because I always react to what your real life yeah, is. I sure. don't ever know. Yeah. And don't. it's always kind of fun to be like, what's it going to be? I know. I was like, I can give you the answer right now, but no, you have to let her, her have her own thing because that's what she does for you. Yup. Yeah. And I like rice. Yeah. So uh, why don't we tell... Our lovely audience, a little bit about what we're doing today. Yeah, so you might notice uh, this week on Slice of Disney, it's not about Disney. It's not. I think Disney doesn't get said. Well, I mean, it's getting said right actually, now, but and it gets said a couple. Actually, no, because he taught. Okay, there's going to be a tiny little Disney. Here's the thing. I it was minute marker forty one or so in our recording. We did the interview before. We're doing our intro now, just for everybody to know. Uh, it didn't get said until forty one minutes into our interview. So if you like Disney, thank you for listening, and you're going to love this episode. <laughs> um, if you guys have been following us for a while, you know that Will loves Survivor, and we try to do something fun on our birthday months. Um, shocker, my birthday's in August, and you will be hearing Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. Everyone is freaking out. So much surprise. But for Will, you know, we did... Um, Extraterrestrial the, alien encounter. So our first year, which is... Think about it. We're in our third year birthday, even though we're two years into the podcast. That's true. Um, oh, so, yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're, the first one was the game. Uh, the video game. Yeah. The Magic Kingdom. I yes. can't remember what it's called now, but yes. That uh, was fun. It was really fun. And we played this really hard game. It was extremely <laughs> difficult. So hard. Um, so that's back during, uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. And then last year, yeah, we did extra terrestrial. One of my faves. Honestly. It was a good one. You know, uh, I, I have fans that still bring it up to this day. Love it. Yeah. Um, and then this year I brought up to Will as a birthday present. I was like, I have a connection. Mm-hmm. Why don't we make this birthday episode all about you and interview this man. It was truly a delight. Uh, we are going to be joined by Ivan Ladozinski. Um, he is an editor, one of the like editor, storyteller, finishers of Survivor for 14 years, I think from the first one to 26. So for quite a few years, uh, he was telling us the stories of Survivor. Um, and we we talked to him about what that process looks like, uh, what it was like crafting it and getting involved in like a huge hit at the time, and you know how the show has evolved since then. So it was truly a delight for me. I very much enjoyed it. it I'm very excited for you guys to join us. Um, yeah, he's in terms of the editing in reality world. I mean royalty. Yeah. So huge deal. The joke that he made when I met him was you know. He loves Survivor because it got him the house that he lives in. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he and his his wife sings with uh, my friend at church, and that's how I was connected. So, truly a lovely person. And without further ado, or as Kelly might say, without further to do, <laughs> we'll introduce our guest. Cool. So uh, we're just going to jump right into it. 
Um, I am super thrilled. Uh, Kelly, thank you for helping to set this up to get to talk with Ivan Ladozinski. Yes. Did I do it right? That is correct. Very awesome. good. You thank- the Chevy. <laughs> what? Okay, great. I'm oh, very excited. This interview got way better now. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you wish you'd said his name first. Yes. Um, Ivan, I will have said it in the preview, but all the same, uh, you worked for many years on my favorite TV show, Survivor. But for our audience, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and sort of how you got into editing, and then we'll kind of pick up from there into the survivor aspects yeah my editing career is, is really uh is 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 funny I, I did not go to film school and i was i basically i made little super eight movies when i was in junior high I started making them then uh made them with friends in high school uh would help people with their uh college projects you know get them going yeah. for their master's degree and all that but the whole time i was going to college for completely different things. Really? I was I was majoring first in oceanography, and then I didn't like chemistry and math so much. Then I got into writing, I got into music. I was studying all kinds of things. I thought at first I wanted to be Bobby McFerrin, then Henry Miller, then uh, Jacques Cousteau. And, uh, but the whole time I was going to college, I was working for a special effects company in Northridge, uh, California, called Calico, and they no longer exist. But anyway, um, so I, I started out as a gopher, Sure. Go for go for go for coffee. Go for dailies at uh, CFI and everything else. Did that. I had some uh, some darkroom uh, photography background, so I ended up running their darkroom for three years while I was going to school for all those other things. And then eventually, I just started playing with a three quarter offline editing system, nice. and uh, uh, I took a bunch of the images. They they did a lot of broadcast promo and commercials and things like that. I just took a bunch of images, cut them to music. And my boss said, can you always do that? <laughs> and I went, uh, yeah. So uh, I started cutting the, the reels. And then they say, you want to learn how to operate a upright 35 millimeter uh, moviola? I said, sure. There you go. And, uh, and I became the editor for this effects company. That's awesome. So and that was my paid, uh, my paid film school, basically. That's excellent. I think it needs to be. Honestly. The way to do it is experience. Yeah. You're going to learn more. <laughs> I think that's interesting because I, when I was like kind of going through your credits and stuff, I was, I was curious, like, you know, what, what makes someone want to not just edit, which when I think of an editor, it's a lot of time it's sitting within like a, a dark room in the edit bay working kind of by yourself or with a couple of people maybe. Um, and then you think about like a show like Survivor, which is like, also you're going to do that, but it's going to be halfway across the world. Um, it kind of makes sense because you like clearly have a lot of diverse interests. Is that sort of what first pulled you to like adventure editing, or or was there something else that kind of? No, I wasn't into adventure editing. I was, <laughs> I was, into, I was into movies. I wanted sure. to do movies, so yeah. I worked for this little thing. Uh, and then one of the guys that I did Super Eight movies with and yeah. college stuff said, "I want you to cut my first independent thirty-five millimeter feature film." Uh, okay. It was called Galaxies Are Colliding. It was this little indie thing. Didn't get paid. Worked on it for free for sure. two years. But uh, I was the editor, I was the post-production supervisor, I was a music editor, I did all this stuff. Wow, yeah. I cut the movie on three, all three film machines. So wow. the upright movieola, a chem, and then a Steenbeck up in Toronto when we were doing uh, that. The movie got into the Venice International Film Festival. Nice, great We job. all went to Europe. And uh, it was when we were sitting in the theater on the Lido, the little island off of Venice. Yeah. What, hearing the audience laughing where we wanted them to laugh and all that kind of That's stuff, cool. I went, I finally figured out what I want to do <laughs> for a career. And so I quit the effects house and I had uh, basically 10 years of freelance mm. feature film work doing, you know, straight to video movies, but, you know, Prophecy 2 with Christopher Walken or a movie with Peter Coyote oh. or Luke Perry or whatever, but they're little AFM, American film market type movies. Um, and that's that's where I trained doing movies, and then I did some television and some scripted television shows and comedy and all that kind of stuff. And the show that led me accidentally to Survivor, I was doing a comedy show called Action with mm. Jay Moore and Ileana Douglas and everything oh, else. Sure. Yeah. And the other editor is a guy named Jonathan Braun, and we did alternate episodes. The show was finished and wasn't going to get continued, and I was sitting around in 2000, he gives me a call and says, yeah, there's this, there's this show. They're hiring a bunch of editors. It's like 16 people on an island, uh-huh. 39 days, and la, la, la. And it's uh, process elimination. The last person was a million bucks. And I went, 
that sounds like the dumbest show I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't want to work on anything like that. But sure. in the summer, there was no yeah. work. Yeah. And so I jumped on this show. And I basically jumped on show one, on, on, on season one, but after it came back from Borneo. So they had, they oh, had gotcha. a, okay. a nightmare sure. scenario out on location for their first attempt. And I came on the show. And um, uh, I, I, uh, they gave everyone who starts on that show would get a uh, challenge. Oh, so nice. they gave me this challenge. They said, uh, here. And um, I looked at the footage, put it together. You score it. We, you know, the editors That's always score the yeah. show. So they, they don't compose the music, but we have this music library sure. and we score the, 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 the scenes in the show. So I did that and Mark Burnett said, who cut this thing? And I just went like this mm -hmm. with my hand. And they say, you want to cut a reality scene? So I cut my first reality scene was Richard Hatch playing around with a deadly sea snake. He's Interesting, around sure. with it and stuff. Yeah. It was pretty funny all by itself, but yeah. I made it funny. Hey, you want to cut a, an episode? So nice. uh, my very first episode of Survivor was episode seven, The Merge. Oh, wow. It's a big one. Uh, for the first season. Yeah. I am, uh, there's a couple of things there that I find uh, particularly interesting. One thing I wanted to talk about is like the, I feel like there's probably, and I could be wrong because I'm not an editor, I feel like there's probably a difference between editing scripted and unscripted. Um, can, I feel like specifically, if I had to guess, I think you're like much more in control of like narratives and things like that on the unscripted side, but I could be wrong. Do you, you are, mind? You are absolutely correct. <laughs> when, when I met you, and I don't know if you'd remember me saying this, but I told you I... Obviously, editing films is amazing, and I have friends that are editors, and I applaud what they do, but editing reality TV is so specific because you're really the writer. Like, And I was like, yeah, that is so cool to so. me that you are creating yeah. the stuff I watch. <laughs> yeah. And so I think I find that really interesting then that, like, you know, apparently their first attempt over in Borneo, like, didn't quite work out, and so then they had to take what they had and find the story and, and to bring you in kind of as a, I mean, I'm going to call you a ringer with that where you're like, okay, I can, I can do this part. Right. Um, like how do you find that more enjoyable to be able to tell that sort of stuff or, or is the scripted side something that you, uh, kind of lean towards? I, you know, I've just, I've, I've been doing reality pretty much since 2000. I, yeah. I, I had a couple forays in, in scripted uh, in between once I left uh, Survivor. But yeah, what, what, what I do love about it is, is it is the writing aspect and I, I have writing sensibilities. I also referred to us uh, when we started that show as post-production directors. Sure. Because basically, basically Survivor was a 300 to 1 shooting ratio. Oh, wow. As opposed to a scripted television show, which is usually three, four, five to one, you know, yeah. on, a, on a regular show, maybe not one of the, maybe not Game of Thrones, but, but for overall, yeah, so it was a 300 to one uh, shooting ratio. So it's like documentary. Yeah. And you, you, you know, we had four main editors, supervising editors, who um, had slightly different ways of going through material. I... I just looked at everything because that's what I did on features and TV shows. Anyway, you look at every frame, you look at every single piece, then I look at all the interviews and everything else. So I look at all the reality first, see where the story, where the best moments, the story, the drama, the funny, the, all that. And then you look at the interviews, you see what kind of works with that. And uh, but I think is for me, working coming out of movies, I liked to give my episodes uh, a movie feel. And when I did the the merge, when yeah. I showed them the first cut, everyone was saying, this feels like a movie. And oh, I, had awesome. I had temp scored it with like Sergio Leone music <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. You know, and it's like, whoa. And I, you know, and I said, yeah, you can do this every time if you want. And, oh, yeah. and when I did that first, my first episode, yeah. I broke the format. Oh, that's great. Because I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm the only editor, and we had more time back then, it's impossible to do sure. now, where I actually cut the entire episode minus the tribal council. So I cut the challenge by accident, it was that episode. Oh, sure. And then I cut both tribes. And what I That's tried cool. to convince them in the beginning, the first episodes, every time you went to another tribe, they'd have these big West Cam tribes, would, you know, West Cam shots that would fly over the ocean, fly over the beach, you'd see the flag uh -huh. planted, you'd see the lower third, the name of the... Yeah. And then go to the tribe. Yeah. And I said, because uh, I'm cutting the haves and the have nots, mm -hmm. you had the older tribe 
which uh, was Richard Hatch's tribe, and they had all the fish, and they had all mm-hmm. the food, mm-hmm. and then you had the younger people who were kind of just wanted to have fun, yeah. were starving to death. Yeah. And so I said, if you're going to cut comedy, and I'd cut comedy, you have to go right from eating fish to someone sucking on tree bark. Yeah. yeah. So we have to get rid of this thing. And, oh, that makes sense, yeah. And, you know, you have to get rid of these intermediate, the yeah, it's going to ruin yeah. the pacing. It'll yeah. ruin the pacing and the jokes and stuff, so... Executive producers at first were like, oh, how are they going to know what tribe is what? And I said, <laughs> Sounds it's, about right. it's episode seven. <laughs> they know who everybody is. And there's this thing called intercutting, which you've been doing for 100 years. I mean, people will know. And I go, you can still put the little, you know, tribe uh, yeah. identification on the bottom there just in case. But yeah, so it was that kind of thing. I mean, I think it's, uh, sorry, particularly is like a low-key, very funny show. And I think it's probably because of the stuff that you established there, but also just in general, all done through like the editing storytelling. Like, you know, it's a reality show. And so obviously you have characters, but it's not just like that they have jokes that are written for them or they're just like so charismatic. It's about like conflating the two different types of, uh, you know, stories that you're just showing there. Um, And I'm curious, like in those earlier seasons, whether it's the first season or, you know, the 10th or whichever one you were working on, how much of that was like encouraged or insisted upon from the producers or like, cause I know I, I will say real quickly, like when the show first was talked about my dad applied and he, cause he was like, Oh, I'm an outdoorsy guy. We were in boy scouts together when it came out. He was like, Oh, that's not for me. And I was like, it is for me. I'm, I'm still interested in it. Um, so it's a little bit antithetical to what I think people thought it was going to be. Um, so how much of the like executives or the producers like knew what they were getting when they went into it or asked for that kind of stuff or how much of that was like kind of your influence? Ask, ask for what? what? For like comedy or like uh, the game narrative storytelling, stuff like that. Or were they wanting more of a survival show? And then you kind of found the, the entertainment. Yeah. Of- they never, I mean, seriously, when I jumped in, I mean, it, it was, it, they didn't ask us things like that. There sure. wasn't a, there wasn't a, uh, you know, it was, it was make it entertaining, find the best stuff. So, I mean, the, the producers who were out there, out in the field, shot the show, they would come back and they'd say, hey, you know, this, this, because ha- that's what I would say. Tell me what happened. Tell me mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. Sure. And, and then they, there was cards. There were, we had act cards and they had scenes. So it would say, you know, like in Australia. Mike burns in the fire. Yeah. That's it. And then the editor looks at everything, chooses the moments, sure. all that kind of stuff, chooses all that stuff and, and uh, uh, puts it together. But so, you know, the, the format exists. But for me, my, my, my philosophy, it's still on, on any show, is that the footage, content, content uh, drives, you know, the show, yeah. not format. Yeah. Content should drive the format and not the other way around because then you you start, you know, putting shackles on yourself. Yeah. And so, uh, like I said, breaking breaking the format. You know, yeah. did the same thing when Michael Scoopin got burned in the fire. I, I, I edited and and produced that whole side of the show oh, in, wow, in, yeah. in post. Yeah. Is that the guy who comes back in the for the Philippines? Yeah. And he's like constantly injured. Like he like walks outside and so he's bleeding. Oh, that, I don't know. I don't know yeah, that, when he came back or if he came back. But. Yeah, he he left, yeah, because he burned in a fire. And you're like... Yeah, Dude. I mean, they, they eventually did bring him back because of that sort of... They were like, oh, well, he, he's iconic for this reason. We'll bring him back for yeah, that. May, yeah, 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 he, yeah, because he never yeah he never came back on that, that theory. Yeah, was, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. badly injured. But, but um, yeah, I mean, the format is there. There's challenges. There's a tribal council. Someone loses, someone goes. And that's that's there. But I always said, whatever the reality is... That should be, you should be free to do whatever you want with that. And it's just make it entertaining, you know. And that makes sense. Like, I'm I'm curious, uh, do you still keep up with the show? No. I didn't I didn't expect <laughs> that you did. Uh, I don't keep up with my old workplaces. So. But I did, I did want to bring this up in this context because, like, there has been, and I'm not, I, I don't think that this is going to be a judgment case on either way, but, like, there's been some changes into the way that they tell their stories. There's a lot more twists now. Like there's a lot more advantages that get found in every episode. And I think it really constrains maybe the storytelling. At least that's a common fan perspective is like, we like the more camp. Moments. I agree. I, I, I think I told Kelly before, uh, off mic folks, 
was um, what I I liked when the show was raw, yeah, and pure, if you will. Sure, you know, uh, people oh it's it's not scripted and everything else. And I, I go once in a while when people said that had to be scripted, we took that as a compliment because yeah. oh, that's great. Yeah. We were yeah. we were putting the show together. And yeah. it felt because the storylines and the arcs and everything were working so well. People went, "There's no way," but um, uh, I I liked the earlier episodes. Um, when the people didn't know what were going, what was going on, yeah. And the the biggest problem for me, and kind of why I was after 13 years and 26 <laughs> episodes, yeah. Uh, I was getting surly, and they said I was getting surly. He should go away, and I go, and I want to go away because <laughs> the show sure. is getting boring I, for me because it it's no longer all over the world. They yeah. shoot the same show yeah. on Fiji. Every yeah. episode is yeah. Fiji. Yeah. And so now they'll call it, you know, Vampire Island or, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we'll get a bunch of twins to compete against each other. Or whatever. And I said, yeah, you're right. I wasn't into that. So it's, it's, it's not so focused on survival anymore. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. more about strategy and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, on its, for me, wasn't interesting. And I, it was interesting because I, I was at a, Restaurant, Mexican restaurant, in North Hollywood, and they had the show on. Mm. This was a couple years ago. Yeah, sound was off. Pre-COVID, but I was just pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, <laughs> I was just watching it, and it was all close-ups, mm. and it was all tight. It didn't have that big epic feel to yeah. it. It was. I go. They're looking for idols. They're doing that. Yeah. It's all that kind of you stuff. You knew, <laughs> and I went. It just doesn't look like the show yeah. we made a long, long time ago. Yeah. So that's. That's that's it. My take. That makes sense, and I mean, I think a lot. And I still have friends sure. who are still working on that show, and you know. I mean, there's still a lot of people that still really enjoy it, myself included. But it it does feel different, especially if you go back to those earlier seasons. Um, one of my favorite ones, and Kelly was, I think, uh, mentioning this a little bit off mic too, um, is that like I among my circle of friends, I'm like the survivor guy. Someone gets into it. They watch one season. They're like, Oh my God, give me the next 10 that I need to watch. And I so often go back to like, some of my favorites were 15 in China, 18 uh, in token chains. And like, it's when there were these different geographic locations, I was like, it's beautiful to look at those places. And I'm like, what were like some of your favorite spots to have gone? Um, when you could still travel around with it, like what, yeah. what were those well, experiences? I was like? gonna say, as a, somebody who's like, you know, a little out of this, so usually editors stay at home or in Hollywood. You would go to the show, or you would go to location. The editors were on location the first three seasons. Oh my god, that's first so three cool. Seasons. So I, I, uh, I like I said, I wasn't out in Borneo. I did go out into the Australian outback. That's back. so cool. It was so surreal, cool. and also went to Africa and uh, in Kenya. And uh, my wife, who didn't want to be away from me again for another six weeks, I got her a job as a transcriber on the show. And she got to sleep and work and pee in a bucket in in the middle of the African bush uh, with me in a tent for six weeks. And uh, she had a blast. We had had a great time. So Uh, uh, it's on location. And, and, And the reason it stopped, long story short, we had just finished Africa. We were going to go on location again to Jordan. Mm. And then a couple of planes hit some buildings in New York City. Uh, and that makes sense. The ship was not going to Jordan. Yeah. And they made a beeline to a second emergency location, which was the Marquesas Islands. Yeah. That was season four. Mm-hmm. And the Marquesas Islands were, were the geology was such that it couldn't handle our 300 person crew. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so um, the essential personnel only. So a lot of the crew was staying on a cruise ship and then zodiacing over to the islands. Oh my god! Wow. Because there really was no beach, yeah. there were no places to camp yeah. out there. And um, after Africa, we were done being on location because it was it was not fun for the crew either. Um, eventually, and, and and post, you know, we're used to you know being in a nice little room and sure. getting our cappuccinos in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> that, that just didn't exist out there. So we said, tell you what. Just send us the dailies in LA. <laughs> we'll cut stuff. We'll send it DHL. Send the drives, or mm-hmm. you know, dupe the drives, and all that kind of stuff. And once they did that, they realized how much money they were saving. Not sending us to sure. location and yeah. the deal where you had to fly us business class and all that Smart. stuff. They oh, yeah. no more. And they didn't have to build editing bays. They didn't have to create all that infrastructure. Sure for all of that. So they ended up saving a lot of money not sending us, so we never went again. What was, what was Africa like? Because I feel like it, 
within Survivor fandom, like that is considered to be like the the most grueling and most difficult season, um, just based on what we saw. Is that could is that what you felt when you're out there? Too? <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought uh, the Australian outback and Africa to, uh, seasons two and three were were the most grueling, yeah. roughest on the cast. Yeah, and um, I just I just uh, an example. So we 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 were in Africa. And it was day one, and the, 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 uh, the contestants were starting to do their hike to these half-finished bomas mm. in, in, in the, mm-hmm. uh, on the premiere. And uh, so I, I wanted to go out with production, since there's no editing to do. Hung out, and I said, can we go? To, can I see where they're going to get water? So we hiked. It was about a quarter mile, half mile, to this animal pissing hole. Jesus. It was, I didn't see water. I saw like some mud here and there, a little elephant tracks, all kinds of animals, flies, bugs. And I'm looking at this thinking, they're going to die. They're all going to die. How are they going to do this? And somebody goes, oh, there's a little tiny little spring coming from the rocks over there. And the waters, of course, are filled with parasites. Yeah. And, and, um, so they had to boil the water, and I don't know if you guys saw Africa. Oh, I did, yeah. Uh, but in the premiere, they they had some water in these containers mm-hmm. that tainted the water, and oh. they couldn't drink the water yeah. they brought. So they they had to they they were I don't think they had water for maybe two days, oh yeah, which at like all. you can max that, out at like three heat and everything, and they had to work. They had to finish those bomas before That's the wild funny. lions came out at night. So it was it was brutal. It took them a while to make fire too. Yeah. Um, but when they did, it was it's a it's a, it's a scene. There's an episode that I did, and when they make the fire there, it was hallelujah oh, I'm sure. and, and so on. It definitely feels like the beginning ones. It is more like, oh my, are these people going to be okay? Like more like naked and afraid, where you're like, yeah, this is insane. And then there's yep. like a middle section where they're like, <clears throat> fine, like you're you're fine. You're drinking beer and eating rice. You'll be okay. And then I feel like the last couple seasons, they're like, no more rice. We have to make it hard again. Starve. There's there's kind of a theory with the last couple seasons where, like, they spent some time off during the pandemic and they couldn't shoot. And they spent a lot of time thinking about, like, what do we really like about this? And maybe got some of the, you know, they, they're like, we want the more survival aspect stuff that we still, that we used to love. So we're, like, going to give them less rice. But also, like, but we still love the twists and stuff. So they kind of kept those in there, too. And kind of kind of met in the middle in a way mm-hmm. but uh but does i mean you know when you can't go to all these different locations that makes it harder to capture that i think yeah i uh, think so because that every location was its own character yeah, right? yeah. I mean, the, the different environments and the weather and the storms and the things like that that were in the in the in the in the first 10 you know 11 12 uh uh episodes uh, seasons was uh it was great it was I think great. that's why i like china so much because it's not like inherently it's not as like beautiful as being on an island and looking out and seeing the clear blue sky or clear blue seas but it is like there's a lot more culture there and you're it feels like they're in a jungle and they're learning how to like fish in a river and it's just i don't know it was very cool i, I really like that one. yeah um i am curious like because there is that a little bit of that dichotomy right of like survivor is a um it's a survival show, or at least that's kind of how it started. But then it very quickly in that first season, thanks to Richard Hatch, became a game. Um, and th- that was always there for someone to find. But I am, like, just with your experience, do you think that had Richard Hatch not ended up winning or had he not been that person that was on there to discover the game, would it still be the phenomenon it is, like, today? Um, do you think it would have evolved to that point? Or do you think the survival aspects would have ended, ended up becoming, like, coming more to the forefront? I think I think it probably would have evolved because that's what human beings do. Yeah, sure. When they're together, you know, and it, it was it was uh, it's like I said. Some some people go, oh, the, the the politics there and the and the and the and the you know this little group of people talking behind this guy's back and everything else. Yeah, eh, that happens at the office. That's you true. Know? So I go, yeah. it's they people automatically, you know, in 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 Africa, it was it was great because Africa was very much a young old mm. split. Mm-hmm. And the there was a there was a guy named Frank, who who was this tough tough old guy. He came there to hunt. He wanted to. He brought he sure. brought his bow and arrow. He wanted to right. kill antelope and cook it and eat it and stuff. Unfortunately, uh, it was a reserve. <laughs> right, of course. And we weren't allowed to do it. And yeah. I even I mean I was like, yeah. well, what do you mean? It's yeah. Survivor. He should be able yeah. to kill an animal and For eat sure. it. 
they did it in the first, you know, they ate rats in the first yeah. one, and yeah. uh, Michael Scoopin killed a, a wild boar oh, that's right. in Australia yeah. with a knife. Yeah. But he was a hunter. He was a hunter and a fisherman and stuff. So they were expect, expecting the people, you know, to fish and stuff, but there's no fish in Africa. Yeah. And uh, so he was disappointed. But I, the, talking about your dad and, yeah. and, and so forth, yeah. there was an interesting, I, it wasn't in the show, and I, I wish it would have been, but it was Frank and um, Carl, I think he was a dentist. Uh-huh. And they were, you know, they were tired, and it was hot, and they were sitting around talking, and they were talking about the difference between what they were on the show for and what the young people were on the show for. That's the young people just want to be friends. Yeah. They were jokes. And yeah. And you go, and he, he was saying, we need to do this. It was like military. And yeah. they, the kids were complaining mm-hmm. because he's like, the sun's going down and we need to make a fire because we can't boil water. You know, and they just didn't like being told what to do. Yeah. Uh, even though he was right at the at the at the time, might, he might have been nicer about it, but sure, <laughs> you know. But you're on D two, not it's drinking survivor. water. So, <laughs> so. But the funny thing, they were talking, yeah. and he said, "It's really interesting." He said, "You and me, Carl. You know, we're we we've established our lives. We're we're professionals. Mm-hmm. We have we're family. We have kids. We've defined ourselves. So we're here just for the adventure. We I mean, maybe the, the best odds to win a million dollars." But these young people are here to define themselves. That's it. That is really yeah. interesting. And I just, I never forgot that. I went, yeah, because the younger people, you know, bartender, struggling actor, they, whatever they were for the most part, thought, you know, and yeah. especially after the first Survivor, there was a handful of people that got a little bit of fame, you know, Colleen yeah. got yeah. into a movie. My manager sure. reps one of them. And, and a go. couple of people, a couple of people started hosting some cable yeah. shows and things like that. Yeah. But, it, you know, Colby did all right, I think. Yeah. He did, he, he did, did a couple of shows. I occasionally see him hosting some history channel gun yeah, show or something. Yeah, a gun show. Yeah. I think he was hosting a gun show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, man. Yeah, so that I found that interesting. Anyway. So you did work on, like, seasons where people came back, right? Like, if you worked, I mean, you were there from 1 through 25, 26, 22, 26. So you worked on a couple of returnee ones. So when you mentioned Colby there, just made me think about this. Like, are there particular characters that you found, that you became very fond of, like, just because you would see them in a couple of different iterations? Like, do you have kind of favorite stories that you kind of told throughout it? Uh, no, I didn't have favorite That's people. Fine. No, yeah. I, I, I wanted to see these people crushed by the storms. <laughs> I wanted to see them freeze to I death. guess you spend wanted, so much time with them. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I was rooting for nature. I was rooting for the island. I just wanted, no, that's great. I love yeah. that. Note why he made yeah. sure you knew that the, the land was a character. <laughs> it was. The land was the character. The monkeys, uh-huh. the snakes, the <laughs> reptiles. And I kept looking, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, well, that yeah. actually makes me think of one other one, too. Like, sometimes it feels like this and sometimes it doesn't. Like that there are certain animals that you like will pull to to not necessarily represent a character, but like this person is doing something snaky. So we're throwing a snake in. So like, is that all like intentional? Like, because sometimes I feel like it is and sometimes I feel like it's not. Sometimes, sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Yes. If there's something like that. Okay. Show the spider killing something. Yeah. Whatever. But other times for me, uh, every time I I would cut that show, uh, depending on where the character was at mentally or Uh emotionally and stuff. Sometimes they would look off. And I go, they're looking at something. What are they looking at? Yeah. And one time I did a comedy bit out of one, and the other time was serious. So I'll, I'll just give you two quick examples. So yeah. Africa, uh, uh, the tribe was walking to go get water. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the big uh, country guy's name. Uh, big Tom, I big think. Big Tom. Yeah, that's right. So they're walking, and Big Tom looks over. I go, what's he looking over? So I found some B-roll of an antelope taking a dump. <laughs> and he sure. just looks we see the thing and then he looks away as if you know it's nature sure he doesn't make a big deal out of it makes sense um and uh the funny story is uh this is in roger's book too because he thought it was funny but it's um uh an executive producer who remain nameless just uh said Oh, Ivan, really? That's just kind of gross and kind of everything else. And we were sitting in front of another editor's bay, and I said, it's for the kids. <laughs> kids love poo-poo humor. <laughs> and it was a family show and everything else. Anyway, the show airs. He says that a friend of his in Illinois called him and said, did you really have to show that? So did funny. you really have to do that uh-huh. in front of the editor that we had the discussion before? Uh-huh. 
And he said, my two little girls saw that and they fell off the couch laughing their butts <laughs> off. And I went, that's who it was for. There you go. <laughs> um, and then in a, in a more moving way, there was a gal named uh, Jenna. It was the Amazon episode, I think. Mm-hmm. And her, she found out that her mother had cancer. Yeah. And she didn't know what to do. Do I stay here or do I quit and go home and be mm-hmm. with my mom? And um, there's a moment where, cutting the scene, and she's, she's sitting, she's alone, she's somber, and she looks up. And I went, she's thinking of home. Yeah. She should see a bird flying. Oh, yeah. And I cut to this, found a bird, mm-hmm. and the bird's just flying over the water and going out. And years later, people remember that, that moment. Yeah. And it's, it's constructed physically but it's it's the truth of what she was feeling and what she was thinking you know yeah. so i would tell people that again we don't we don't uh we hyper realize yeah events but they're all based on what's really going on i think that's really really interesting and like i mean i think it really speaks a little bit to what we were talking about earlier about like your ability to craft story throughout that right like because you know i think when i first started watching i was I just assumed it was like, oh, just that must be what she's looking at. That must be or whatever. And I'm just seeing seeing the dailies just sent over to my TV, which I think is also like gets me into a conversation around reality TV that I wanted to kind of touch on. Like, I think at the time there was a little bit of a stigma around like reality TV. I don't know if it's still there, but like what was it like to be part of one of the first big grandfather of reality TV shows, like especially working here? Like that was like a that was a. My family would sit in the family room and gather together yeah. after dinner and watch it together. It wasn't like a, it it wasn't just go on Netflix. You know? Yeah, no, it was a and, big and, deal. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and and I was proud of it in the sense that we created something new, mm-hmm. and and that it was not a TV show; it was an event. Yeah, because. That's true. Every restaurant in town had Survivor Night. They played it like they played a football game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the restaurants and stuff had tiki torches and buffs and all this kind of stuff on Thursday nights. My, my mother-in-law had, you know, t- Survivor Taco Salad Night or whatever. Yeah. And her and her friends would watch it. So, yeah, it was this big event. And it was also rewarding that it was... Um, well, it, it, it changed CBS. It made CBS the number one network. Yeah. And it grabbed the 18 to 49. It used to be the network for the old people. But families watch this show, like you're saying. And mm-hmm. and uh, everyone from 2 to 82 to, you know, you know the janitor at your school to uh, neurobiologists. Everyone watched that show. So there was something to it. And that's what's kind of cool about the cast, too, because the cast was really diverse. And so yeah. you had... All kinds of representation. It's kind of like I wrote in that essay. I said everybody was in there: men, women, young, old, gay, straight, black, yellow, blue, green. Everybody was in that show, and that's what was cool about it. And um, uh, so, yeah, it felt it did feel good. On the other flip side of the coin, the industry did not like us. And I say, well, they didn't. I remember when I bought my first little house. Thank you, Survivor. <laughs> I bought my first house. And the real estate agent was William Wyler's daughter. Oh, wow. And uh, William Wyler directed uh, Ben-Hur and uh, a bunch of yeah, other yeah, major, yeah. major. He was a big, big uh, feature film director. Anyway, she saw what I did. And she goes, you're the enemy. You're the enemy. And I said, why am I the enemy? Yeah. And they, they didn't like us because we took the, the best spot in TV, which was prime time, sure. 8 o'clock on Thursday night on CBS. Yeah. And we had no writers, no directors, Except for the directors of the the challenges in the tribal sure. council, no professional. You know, it was it was. Yeah. You know, and so yes, yeah, so it felt good that we were we were kind of writing it, we were kind of scoring it, and especially in the beginning, it was a hit. So they kept letting us do what we want. We had a lot of free oh, reign, a lot of autonomy. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that's the per- so lucky. <laughs> it, no, it is. And, and as, as Sean Foley, one of the one of the other really great editors on the show said, that's never going to happen again. <laughs> and he was right. You know? I mean, there's still a sense of autonomy, like you're saying, in reality editing because yeah. there's so much footage and stuff. A producer can't really look and write. You know, it has to happen in the editing. And then you once you give them the first cut... Then they riff on it and give you notes and all that kind of stuff, but but uh, yeah. So we were the enemy for a lot of people. We the the academy and everybody else didn't like us. Um, 
Do you feel that's okay? Do you feel like it's still there? Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think people, you know, we invited Meryl Streep to be part of the Africa season because she was in Out of Africa, and and uh, two of the guys were watching Out of Africa on a drive sure. in a movie yeah. as a reward, uh-huh. and we wanted to make her part of that, and she would have no nothing to do with that. So <laughs> I don't blame her; that's fine. But it was it was um, yeah. I mean, you know, people look, look down their noses at it a little bit, and I think I think at least as, as far as Survivor was, at least it was it was the first real reality competition show. Uh, we did it our way, and even over the years, it was always called the gold standard as far as the storytelling was concerned. Um, in the beginning, I don't know about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too. Like, I don't, I know reality reality TV is is its own thing, and and Survivor is one of the only ones that I really like. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying the other ones are bad. It's just not they're not. Oh my no, cup they're of bad. Tea. They're bad. Ninety but, Day Fiance, bad. Do I watch all of it? Yes. <laughs> but I think that that's what's interesting about it too. Is like because while when it first came out, like there was a stigma around it, and there may still be. It's also like I've read a number of articles about how like reality TV may save Netflix, right? Like it's like oh, it is right now, right? Yeah. Like that, is, there's still a very strong appeal to it. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. I mean, it's 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 certainly it's a lot cheaper to produce. Yeah. Um, it doesn't do well in um, syndication. Oh. It doesn't do well, but sure. that's okay. We just make new ones. Yeah. It's just make them <laughs> like, like, like hot dogs. And just, you don't have just, to pay. There's no SAG. <laughs> there's no SAG. There's no actors. Getting... There's no uh, Survivor. <clears throat> did pay people um, depending on when they got kicked off. So right. like, the very first person got kicked off would get three thousand mm-hmm. dollars and a free, you know, free little trip in the country. They weren't allowed to leave the country yeah. until the show was over because the press was going crazy, especially in the beginning. Yeah, um, that's and, better than The Bachelor. <laughs> and, they don't like make anything, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, they make like a thousand dollars a week, like minimum wage, to mm. be there. Uh, I mean, it's become a little bit of a joke, but like also Survivor, they still have the million dollar prize, but like a million dollars in 2000 was a lot more than it is now. So it's like, all right, you know, they're saving money that way too. Especially when taxes gets in, it's very little. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, not Like I said, there have been been reality-esque shows that I think are good. Uh, I was talking about Michael, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Moore, who did did The Awful uh, Truth. Awful Truth, yeah. And I thought that was a good show, and it's kind of a kind of a reality format, but you know that had a conscience and had a purpose, and actually yeah. helped out the people on yeah. it and stuff. It was very funny because I met Michael Moore at the Emmys once because mm-hmm. I've been nominated a few times for Survivor, and um, I met him at this thing, and I, I I came up to him and I said, Mr. Moore, big fan of your docs and everything else, and I really like the awful truth. And I mentioned a particular episode. He goes, Oh wow, you you really watched the show? And I went, Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. He goes, oh, well, what do you do? And I go, I'm one of the editors on Survivor. And he goes, ah, it's a very well-edited show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. See you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm curious. Like, Obviously, it's uh, I'm a big fan of it. But I also like other shows, too. And, and I think it's interesting to know, like, what are the shows that you like to watch on your, your downtime? Whether it's... Oh, yeah. I want to talk about this. I have questions. Yeah, like what... Well, because... Okay, do a lot of my fellow actors like reality television? No. They are very, it's taking away. They haven't gotten that stick out of their booty. Um, Where I'm like, no, I literally for a living do this. Watching a show is exhausting for me because I'm taking in everything. I'm watching and I'm like critiquing. You know, you can't help it. I notice... Yeah, watching can, scripted with Kelly is a chore. It can be, especially like, when it's bad. That person can't act. I'm like, I didn't notice. I'm like, oh my God, did you see that nuance? Or like that person phoned it in and like they're thinking about that. You can see it all. Reality, it's just enjoyment. Like it's so, I can just turn my brain off and enjoy. Um, animated is kind of, as I've like done more voiceover, I'm noticing more. And I'm like, Ugh. but I animated too. You do reality and scripted. What do you watch? I watch scripted. Okay. Yeah, I love great writing. Mm-hmm. I love great directing. I like things that look like movies. Sure. And so, I mean, I loved, I loved The Sopranos. I loved okay. Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. I loved Mad Men. I love uh, Breaking Bad. I love most of the best shows that people like. I just saw Taylor Sheridan's 1883. I said, that's a good, you know. So I, I love anything that is movie esque. I mean, I love movies. That's still my passion. Um, and and a lot of people. 
because because television has changed so much, all the best stuff isn't in television. Isn't television? Yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm not into Marvel movies or any yeah. of that kind of stuff. I'm, I like movies about people. And but you love Disney, right? Disney? Do you ever on a Disney podcast? I, like? well, I grew up. I, on, it's the first I grew time. up on Disney. I grew up on Disney, and I loved Disney. Um, I don't. I don't watch it so much now, though. The Pixar. Some of the Pixar movies are still fantastic. I agree. I thought Soul was amazing. Oh, Soul was so good. So I, I know a number yeah. of people that watched that and got yes. sad. Oh yeah, Soul. The, it's I, very good. Though. At the end of the movie, you know, it comes up, and I'm like, oh my god, the writer wrote a play I was in, and I'm like, what? This is a small world. Oh yeah. And I was so excited. That no, movie is beautiful. I was a grown man. I watched that movie, and at the end, I whipped. Oh, oh I yeah. Yeah. So. But it does. That's what's great about those movies. They touch everybody. And again, huge. I think actually more for adults than kids. Yeah, yeah. it's all for sure. The, as far as the uh, the more nuanced, you know, uh, messages in the film and so forth. Yeah. I mean, The Incredibles, you know, a superhero going through midlife crisis. Hilarious. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Wally so. is like just... Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, those are that's some of the best stuff out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, as the... This has been one an experience for me to sit back... And I'm like, I want to talk. But it's also funny to me that this is like, Will, I know he is geeking out so much, but you're still so calm. And I'm yeah, so well, not you know. that way. Okay, first I oh, want to know some of your favorite moments outside of like the Richard Hatch moment that you mentioned. What are some of your favorite things? You're like, I did that. Like brag on your your favorites. Brag on it. My favorite of all time. I did, I did, the, I did, I did the premieres of Australia and of Africa, but my favorite <clears throat> because I had... I, I really did. They let me have total control of the Michael Scoop and Burn episode. Yeah, oh. and I, I, uh, I like I said, I edited it, but I also produced it because I, I took all of Kucha because I usually I did with the way I worked, and they let me do this. I mean, I thanked them all the time for letting me do it. Mm -hmm. But one producer would do Ogacore. He's the, he's the guy that was out in the field, sure. and. He was not, you know, didn't like working all that hard. And I liked working hard. I liked, I liked the creative process. So I did Kucha. And I watched the entire episode. I watched every bit of footage, the burn and everything else. Um, and so when I saw all of that, I reverse engineered it. So I found every single moment where Mike Scoopin burned his foot on an ember on the fire while he was oh, making popcorn so or, you know, started him off yeah, making wow. the fire because he's making the fire. So I opened it up. I temp scored it to the beautiful horns from Private Ryan, you know, because he ends yeah. up being this hero. Yeah. And and then later on, our composer did a kind of beautiful sound alikes and stuff. So it was, That's it was great. fantastic. The mood was the same. But he's he's it's it's early morning. There's a big storm. Everything's wet. He wakes up. Everyone, you know, he's the forest guy. And it's in black and white at first, and I made it in black and white, and then he makes the fire, and the fire comes, and the color and the, and the thing comes up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you see all these moments where he's burning himself, the combination of funny and you know all that. And then when he burned himself, um, <clears throat> uh, long story, this is, uh, they didn't get it on camera, him falling in the fire. Yeah. And what happened behind the scenes is he hit been fishing, it was really hot, and um, he got to the fire, he was working on it, and the wind blew, and he just inhaled a huge amount of smoke. Oh no. And it knocked him out. He went unconscious, he fell into the fire this way, he had a big hat on, so the hat bent over and stopped his face from oh, burning. But he fell in there, and, and the and then all of a sudden, his hands were in the fire, and he's burning. So then all of a sudden, he wakes up again, and he falls out, and he's going, oh, my God, and he's, uh, and he runs all the way into that river. The cameraman, when this happened, was looking at the producer, a gal from New York, and we're like, thank God for this. But he's looking, going, what do we do? What do we do? And she goes, roll your camera. <laughs> what are you, doctor? You're going to do something for him? Roll your camera. So the oh, camera man. went on. After he had been burned and he was sitting in the dirt. Yeah. And so how do we make this work? And so I'm looking at it. And, and again, so I created this mood piece yeah. with all the dead, you know, the dead fish, heat waves, all this kind of stuff. And you cut ahead of 
the birds, the animals in this show save you. And there was a bird in a tree, and I used his scream mm. from river, and you hear this big, huge scream, yeah. and the bird goes, wow. and then you cut to him, and he runs in the water. And what I did again with the show is, is, is change the format. I said, we interrupt this reality show for some MFing reality. No interviews, no nothing, documentary. That's it. That's, That's how we fascinating. Do it. And, and so, uh, you know, at first people were a little nervous, but yeah, trust me. So he goes in the water, it's all documentary, it's all real. It took 26 minutes for medical to get to him because it was tough terrain and everything else. So he was yelling and screaming and his flesh had fallen off his hands. Yeah. And they came and they finally find him and they put the, the, the uh, morphine in his mouth, the inhaler. Put him in the helicopter, take him away. So again, the footage for me, there's no manipulation in the sense. I go, footage, you tell me what to do. That's, that's how I've always yeah. responded. Mm -hmm. And so there's no immunity challenge. There's no nothing. The other tribe gets a note saying there's been an injury and no trouble, no nothing. So um, there was a tribal council after, but I said, no way. Oh, because it's hokey. It was Jeff Probst going, how do you feel? Yeah. I said, no. I found all this beautiful stuff. It was after. It was raw. Um, they were all still really shooken up and emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful images. The cameramen we had on this show were fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and just, uh, you know, there was a, just a moment. The end moment there is, is um, they're just making, you know, making some gruel on the fire. Elizabeth... Uh, Hassel. Hasselbeck. Beck. Now. Yeah. yeah. Had, um, you know, you can see the fire in her glasses, mm -hmm. you know, uh, all these nice, beautiful visual details. And the interviews that I did use to tell the story, because no one's really talking, they're crying because they're yeah. still affected. Yeah. So the interviews totally matched the reality. Yeah. So it was beautiful and get all heroic and everything else. And then they go into a hut. And Roger, who was not a, an ordained priest, but, you know, a holy guy, they uh, all had hands, they said a prayer, and they go, Amen. And I went, that's the end of the show. That's oh, it's right. Amen. Yeah, that's so good. And after Amen, I put Mark Burnett's credit. That's excellent. And He's super religious, yeah, right? Yeah, he's now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was a different person back, back in those days. Um, that's so good, though. But, I mean, well, and, and it was Ahmed, and it was funny because when Mark saw it, and I had already—I mean, all the producers and everyone agreed this was this That's was the, the show. Yeah, we all were in the room, and when <laughs> when Mark saw it, he's like, "Where's the tribal council? Where's the tribal council? We should have a tribal council." And we're like, "Everyone's going, no, 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 this is the way to end." And 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 he's he's looking at me, and I go, he he was uncomfortable going to his name after Ahmed. I said, "Trust me, Mark, you want." your name to come up after. Yeah, oh, man. absolutely. And so the joke was, is that a little time passed in the hall and then he comes up to me and he goes, Ivan, I just want you to know, we just called Les Moonves because we don't want to surprise him about the ending of this show the way you just surprised me. <laughs> and I said, very prudent, sir. Very good. Go ahead. Right here. aired that way. And 32 million people watched it. It is, uh, I mean, you know, just to say it's one of the most iconic episodes of of Survivor, which has been on for 20 some odd years, 40 seasons, yeah. you know. So that's my brag. Yeah, oh, that's, like, that's a great that brag. That was me, and I will say, none of you would have done it that way. <laughs> yeah. None of you would have thought of breaking the format. You'd have gone to the travel council because yeah. no one would have done it. So I was a troublemaker, and but back in those days, it was a good thing. I feel like I'm going to rewatch yeah. that. I know you, I'm now. like, oh God, now I'm going to go, <laughs> I want to watch that season now. I, in its entirety. Um, and it was great because people were starving and people were losing their hair. They could hardly stand your favorite up at thing. times. Yeah. My favorite thing. <laughs> we had floods that destroyed an entire camp. A kangaroo trying to crawl out of the water. Okay, so I, speaking of that season, I have to ask one question. Yeah. Did the guy have beef jerky? Do you know? There was like a whole subplot within that season about somebody. Maybe they thought they saw that he had beef jerky and they voted him out for it. And it's always been like a conspiracy that he actually did. Like I snuck don't, it in. I don't know. That's I really fine. don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. 
I'm it, surprised how much you remember. I mean, it's been a while, yeah. Because it's so much footage that you've gone yeah. through yeah. in your life. Well, I remember, it's like I said, I remember like the first 10 seasons from season one all the way to Palau. Yeah. Okay. And then I remember a couple of, and then we had a couple of really good ones down the line. Mm-hmm. But after Palau, after doing a whole bunch, it's kind of like, eh, you know, Thailand wasn't so good and yeah. that. And I liked the Amazon. I liked, uh, I did like Palau just because it was the water and everything there was so beautiful. And yeah. I liked, I liked the, sunken tanks and planes sure. in the water and it had a cool vibe to it too it was very physical yeah uh, the challenges were physical yeah um, I, I was, they don't make them like that anymore no they do like the same like four over yeah, and over they gotta save money you know yeah whatever yeah. <laughs> no they were they tended to be more physical yeah. the, the, the first the first challenge i remember in africa where they're pulling these like look like chariots over all kinds of horrible yeah. terrain and when they finished they collapsed and fell and they were dying and i went beautiful yeah that's survivor that's what I want. it's not called jeopardy yeah. it's not called you know let's make a puzzle for me i never i hated puzzle games and all that stuff yeah but they would do it they do it because it even the play balances field, it right yeah. so but i mean even back like i think it's pearl islands there's like this excellent challenge where like rupert is just holding so much weight on his shoulders and other people keep yeah. putting it on nobody can take him out and it gets really like they're trying their hardest yeah. and they can't take him out and it's just that's you don't get that when it's like no, comes down to yeah. who got the puzzle first. Pearl but, Islands is a really good season. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely one of the ones at the beginning yeah. where I'm like, you guys got to watch that one. Yeah. You need the context for yeah. everything. It's a really good one. I had like two. I had a couple more things. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know like the behind the scenes stuff. Like I was. I have one question about being on set, and then I have one question I want to end on before you sure. wrap it up. Um, so my question about the set part of it. I don't know how well you get to know people who are there, but obviously the contestants are doing survival stuff but to even be a producer or working camera and stuff it's still there's you're in the elements you're capturing all of this yeah Yeah, you get food you know but still like that must be so crazy these people must really love it like did you get to know a lot of the camera on 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 location that's what i loved about working on location i got to know the camera we worked with camera we'd have breakfast with camera um we could get we we the producers never think of, you know, go get a shot. And while we were editing on location, so I like, you know, I'm on Africa and I go, oh, I need a big steaming pile of elephant dung that flies <laughs> all over it and everything else. And they'd go get it and they were into it. And especially what was really cool, the camaraderie of the camera guys, they'd see the cuts and they'd mm. see their work. Yeah. And it would juice them up. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, no, we, we got to know them quite well. And, and camera guys and producers would get injured. We had... We had in Australia, a producer got bit by a poisonous snake and didn't even know it until he got to camp. Wow. And was, yeah, he didn't die. Our uh, Jonathan Braun, one of our guys, got, uh, that's why I cut the premiere of Australia. He was going to do it, and he got bit by one of the real poisonous spiders in Australia. Mm-hmm. And his foot turned into this rotting black football, and they had to send him out to Cairns, you know, to a tropical disease specialist and all that. Uh, one of the cameramen was so into a moment near the fire and he was watching these people and he just was using himself as a jib and mm. he put his knee right into the fire oh, no. as he was doing a move. So, yeah, every once in a while, crew would get get yeah. messed up. But, uh, but yeah, they're into it. And, and like I said, those seasons when we were out there, the first few seasons and stuff, like those were the best cameramen in the business. They were great. That's yeah. so cool. And it was... It was uh, it's one of those things. You were talking about reality versus scripted. And I had we had a guest editor who was helping us out. I don't remember what season. And she was from France. And she said, I find this show very interesting. She goes, this entire show has no writers, no directors, and really no producers. That's what she said. <laughs> because, because her producer had left on a Friday to go play volleyball, and she was, all, she was stuck. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. And I said, you have to do it all. You're the writer, you're the director, you're the producer. Just take make it the way you want the way you yeah. and she just said i find it very interesting the show is made by all below the line people pretty mm-hmm. much the cameramen and the editors and i went yeah mm-hmm. i mean not only do you have survivor to do it, but behind you get the scenes <laughs> yeah, not that we sure. haven't had some excellent producers on of survivor course. we had <laughs> there, there were there were there were there were many but yeah um my last i just okay 
on the show, all the contestants act like Jeff Probst is like God. <laughs> and they'll be like, Jeff did this for us. Like, Jeff did this for us. Thank you, Jeff. And it's like, Jeff is sitting in his like beautiful hotel room, like having a Mai Tai waiting to go instruct you guys. Does he, like, does he say anything or am I right? Does he say anything? Like, does he have any say in what's happening? Does he really care, like, about the show? Like, in the way that the contestants seem to think he does? Well, I don't, I haven't, I don't know Jeff anymore from 2013. And he is an executive producer on the show. He had just become an executive producer on the show okay. when I was leaving in, in 2013. Um you know, I think, I mean, Jeff Probst, I think, you know, for me, he, his, um, he shines in the tribal councils mm -hmm. and he writes them. He comes up with all his own questions and everything else. That's when he, you know, he's, uh, uh, he would, he would do what I did with a, with an episode. He'd, he'd talk to the producer and say, tell me the story. What happened? What are the points? And then he okay. would just do his thing and he'd interview them, you know, and that's, that's what he's really good at. Um. The only thing I didn't care for is, as things were, as I was about to leave, was he wanted to see himself in the challenges more. Mm. And, I'm, and my, my thing has always been the contestants are the stars of the show. Yeah, not yeah. The, not the host. Yeah. And then the you host see should be invisible until, until, like I said, tribal council and all yeah. that. Yeah, so. and now the poster of the show is like just a picture of him looking really rugged, like he's the one out there surviving. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, I think that probably answers to why they're like, why the cast is like, thanks, Jeff. Because it's like, well, if I say thanks, Jeff, Jeff's going right. to make sure that comment gets That's on right. air. And, <laughs> and, and by the way, my name is Alan Smith. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can cut all that if you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, thank you for so much of uh, of your time. I really appreciate it. This has been a delight for me. And, you know, I've, I've just like Kelly... You know, I, I never watched Friends because it came on opposite Survivor. That's a thing I still tell people to this date. Yeah, you know, and I just what's funny about that is 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 uh, someone's you know why did you work on Survivor? It was just to crush Friends. It was <laughs> it so was it was season two. It was Australia, yeah. and back in the day, it was this thing called TV Guide. I don't mm -hmm. know how many people will know what that was, <laughs> um, but uh, that that fall, TV Guide came up with two covers. Friends on I remember one, that actually, yeah. and the Australian Outback cast yeah. on the other, and they came out. It's like, well, pick the one you like. You I know? made sure to get the survivor. But it one. was it yeah. was funny. We said yes. We we were the ones that beat Friends, <laughs> and uh, my job on Earth here is finished. I was gonna say, <laughs> Ivan's like, thank you. You paid my bills, and that's why I have my house. Thanks, Will. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mark Burnett. Yes, yeah. the house that Mark Burnett built. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. It's, this has been a blast and really a, a treasure for me. This so thank is my you. pleasure. Kind of going down memory lane. It's kind yeah. of fun. That's great. Thank you. I will. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go watch uh, the the Michael Scoopin episode. Now. I know, I I want to too. <laughs> um, Yay! Thank you. That was great. Well, th well, thank you both, Ivan and Kelly, uh, uh, for setting that up. It truly felt like I was 15 years old watching those on Wednesday nights or Thursday nights, depending on what season it was. Uh, How did you say you were so calm? Well, you know, I, I truly, I feel like it doesn't make for great content when people just fan out the whole time. What? That's rude. Listen, I'm not saying we, we go about it two different ways. <laughs> um, personally, uh, you know, but uh, and also like, you know, I can't I can't seem like I'm not cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Survivors. The people I, have an expectation of me. Okay. I need to seem cool. And if you guys have been following us, we have we've brought it up multiple times that like Will is wearing a buff. Ha always when we're recording he didn't wear one today didn't want to seem too cool you know oh my god <laughs> i you know i thought about it i the buff i was wearing today was a survivor buff and i felt like that might be too much mm, um okay. and so i didn't have another one ready to go so i was just like you know what i'll just well, i'll just put the little thing in the hair we'll be fine you weren't gonna throw your luscious locks to the wind yeah you know i needed uh, you know i wanted him to be like look at that guy he's got great hair let me call up mark burnett and get him on the show i wonder actually if ivan could help you get on the show you know i didn't want to ask yeah we and we also didn't have him shout out uh things at the end but you know i think i think he's doing okay yeah i, I mean <laughs> uh if you would like to see any of his work you can check out survivor, survivor. <laughs> seasons one through 26 and a lot of other things too uh he's got a very long list on his yeah, IMDb's. He, uh 
very, very successful at his job. So um, thank you, Ivan. It means the world that you came on. It really does. It, thank it you so much. really cool. And I'm not going to lie. We stayed and talked for a little bit after. Yeah. Um, he's just an amazing storyteller. Yeah. And that's what's so cool. It's clear that he is an artist and yeah. a storyteller, not just, you know, that's oh, a day job. Yeah. He cares. I think there's a lot of, uh, I think you can often think about editors as somebody that's just like, I'm just putting one thing after the other. And, and then there's like, cool, here, here it is. Um, but he very clearly has like a voice through which he tries to communicate through his editing. And I think that it's very cool. And I think was part of what made it such a big hit. So I am going to go back and watch season two now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably rewatch it too. It made me all excited. Yeah. Especially cause I'm watching survivor right now. I'm like, in a random season. So, yes, thank you both for my uh, birthday present, and thank you, Ivan, for coming on. Thank you, Ivan. You're awesome and really tall. Um, That's true. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for having a little bit of a different type of slice of Disney episode this month. Um, we we had to, you know, we had some COVID scares on both sides luckily everyone's healthy everybody's good but uh it it took away from recording a little this month so we have some great episodes coming up (laughs) we're we do we do i'm excited to share them with you guys i'm i'm excited because our next episode is about an imagineer that we talk and geek about but haven't actually geeked about this attraction yet and i'm very excited i'm thrilled to figure out what it is (laughs) Um, back to your thing for the rest of the year yeah, uh, yes, it's on mine now. Um, we're going to have to do some like weird D&D thing. Yeah, that'll be fun. I mean, we do get to do some D&D stuff in our Patreon. Yeah. Um, if which, you want more information about our Patreon. Yeah, if you want more information about our Patreon and want to listen to our emergency episode we just released. About Bob Chapek. About Mr. Chapek. Um, you can find it on our website at sliceofdisney.com or... Uh, you can follow us on all the social medias, Instagram and Facebook at Slice of Disney. Or Twitter at Slice underscore of underscore Disney. You can email us at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com. And uh, you can give us a high five if you see us on the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, uh, on our Patreon, we have this thing where it's like if you pay for the um, to be a real life Mickey Mouse, you can either ride Haunted Mansion with me mm-hmm. or leave the parks and go play D&D with Will. Mm-hmm. And I think I think one of our patrons is coming out here and I'm like, yeah, I'll get to ride Haunted Mansion with some Yeah, or if I show up, they can they, leave with me. Yep, there yeah. you go. They paid for that ticket. They're going to be like, hey, we do have a patron who that's actually why yeah. they're waiting. Uh, well, I haven't been to the parks yet, so <laughs> they're going to have to get me there first. Oh, I see. I see how it works. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, um, for listening and continuing to play with us. And um, thank you again, Ivan. And we'll see you guys soon. Okay, bye. <laughs>